what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. We'll try not to like too much talk over each other, but again, we are girls and we are Agree to disagree. Welcome back to Chick Chat, everybody. It is the end of summer. We are wrapping it up and we're just going to be completely honest with you. We're tired and things are slow and we're struggling with this right now. It's been hot. It's been sweaty. And I think celebrities are like staying home and stuff like there's just not much going on, but I will always take the opportunity when given to chat with my friend, Jeanette. Hey, Jeanette, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. How's everything? It's good. It's good. Like I said, end of summer, we're, we're on the, we're on the home stretch now. Yes. When do your kids start back? Do what? When do your kids start back? Uh, August 30th. Okay. So a little later, mine are, is, um, August 18th. So, okay. Yeah. So we're on the final, final hurrah here. Yeah. Um, how's the summer been overall? Been good. I mean, some busy days, but some relaxing days. My kids are actually with family right now. They have been for the last two weeks. So what? some downtime. Yeah. So like two weeks, like like legit not had your kids legit not had my kids go pick them up this weekend but yeah dropped them off a couple weekends ago picking them up and they're having the time of their lives up there all all my family back home so they're having fun with everybody that they don't get to see throughout the year my daughter finally had some off time from soccer so took full advantage and let her just get away from the soccer fields for a little bit and yes have fun yes. with her cousins and the rest of her family. So, yeah. Much needed. Very important still. We we had sort of the same situation with uh, travel softball, you know, wrapped up the last tournament. And then they immediately started asking us about practices for fall ball and stuff. And we were like, meh, we're, we're good. We're just going <laughs> to take a little breather right now. Like They are kids. I, this is not their job. <laughs> it's a lot. Like there's just every weekend there's stuff seems to be. And so we're just, we were tired, but we've been enjoying the past couple of weeks of having less of that to do. And we've been at the pool and we've been kayaking and been on the water, paddle boarding, all that stuff just to kind of really soak up these, this last month of summer for us at least. Um, Yeah. We're, you know, my, my daughter starts driver's ed. Okay. In the fall. So she signed up for that and that will start in October. Okay. But let me, while I have you here, let me ask you the, the, the whole driver's ed thing. Are you versed on it in North Carolina? Yeah. So my daughter actually completed hers in July and she'll start yeah. her driving time, her road time, actually this coming Tuesday, next on the ninth. So, okay. Yeah. So does she so so what's the timeline now? Because you know, I don't know how it was when you were growing up and you were in Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. And I was in yeah. North Carolina. When I was growing up, I took driver's ed in the school okay. at summertime, I guess. 
Um, but I went to the school yeah. and then I took driver's ed. And then at 15, I then went and got a permit showing that I'd completed driver's ed, got my permit on my 15th birthday, then had a year's worth of driving with my parents and whatnot. And then on my 16th birthday, I went, got my license and drove away by myself from the DMV. Yeah. Same. Yeah. If you, if you take your driver's ed soon enough, so they can start, they can sign up and start taking classes at 14 and a half so that if you get all your classes and your road time in and do all that and pass the test. um, Yeah. On her 15th birthday, if everything works out, she'll go to the DMV, get her permit, drive for a year on that. And then on her 16th birthday, be able to go and get her license. Um, I don't remember exactly, but I think, because of course I wasn't signing myself up when I was a teenager, but if I remember correctly, in Ohio, you had to be 15 before you could get your permit and take your classes. Um, So you would do your classes. Once you turned 15, you could sign up, take classes, do your road time, and then get your permit to drive with your parents I don't remember how much road time. I just remembered I had my permit for a year um, before. I don't know if there were hours that I had to complete. I don't remember all that. I'm sure there were. Um, But yeah, then on my 16th birthday, anytime on or after my 16th birthday, I could go take the test to get my license. So yeah. And that was it. Yeah. But I 14, I don't remember doing anything at 14. My daughter will turn 15 on September 2nd. And she's going to have everything completed except the physical permit, which my husband was freaking out about. He was like, she's 14. She can't drive. I'm like, but this is how they do it down here. Like when she's 15, she'll drive with us. So yeah. he's just like, it seems too early, which I agree. It seems really early. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. We're we're kind of it's sort of the same here, but, you know, every state is different, but we're learning here. So my daughter just turned 15 um, this summer, and she is signed up for the fall courses, but she has to have her permit before she takes the courses. Okay. So she will get her permit (laughs) before having read or done anything. You know what? That may have been how I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I just remember having a permit at 15. I don't remember the order of things. That may have been the way they did it in Ohio. I'm not. Again, we're talking about early 90s. I know. I know. I don't remember. So. So. So, yeah. So she'll have her permit uh, in September. Okay. Give it to her. And then she will start classes in October. She'll finish those in November, and then she just has a certain number of hours she has to complete by the time of driving with a licensed adult um, prior to 16th birthday. And then um, at 16th, I guess maybe if it's at 16 and you've already met your hours, then it counts. But if not, you just have until you completed those hours and are 16 and then you get your license and then you have like restricted hours and stuff for the Mm -hmm. first half of the year or something like that. I think, I don't know how long it is, but anyway, that's happening. I like your way sounds better because right now the way they're doing it here is 
she's going to have her road test. And unless we're just out in the car with her, like illegally teaching her how to drive, she's going to get on that road test and kind of learn in the car with an instructor. And she's still unlicensed, whether it's a permit or a real license. I mean, kind of like the way they do it in, in, um, out there where you are, because it allows them to have a permit, allows you to get in the car with them legally and teach them versus right. having to go the back route. The road's like, we're like, okay, let's find an empty right. lot. Let's make yeah. sure you know everything before you get in the car. Find the big it's parking lot six, of Walmart. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's only six hours that yeah. they get in the car, two hours each session. So it's like, she going to get in there and they're going to be like, why do you know how to drive? Or they're going to get in there and be like, yeah. okay, here's how you drive. So yeah. it's, and I guess I like they don't do better. Do they do it in school there? Is it driver's ed in school? Like They do, but because she um, goes to a private school, they I think at private school you can you may be able to sign up through um, one of the public schools, but we went the private yeah. driving school route. So she's, which she took it. Yeah. Which is the only options out here. Okay. Um, the, it's not offered through the schools like at all. Um, I think the schools are like, oh, Oh, no, no, we're not putting that on our hands. <laughs> no, I have heard that the schools do it, but I also heard that it's really backed up. It's really delayed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the waiting list is so long, there's only so many instructors to go around and so many kids. Yeah. So, like, if you don't get in on the first day that the class opens, you're going to have to wait another little bit. Yeah. My daughter said there were kids who were going to be sophomores in high school um, who were just now taking their classes yeah. in her class. So, and she's going to be a freshman. Um, so yeah. that's the oh, other okay. thing is she's going to be one of the oldest kids in her class, like one of the first in her class to actually drive. And I'm like, don't think this means that you're giving everybody a ride to go anywhere. But Oh, I know. I was, I was an early driver. Um, yeah. Cause I had just missed the deadline for starting school whenever I was, the, mm-hmm. when the deadline was October 15th, I think back yeah. in the day and my birthday's November 1st. So I had just missed it. So I was like the oldest, one of the older ones in the grade. Um, but yeah, I got that, that speech and I got an itty bitty tiny car that could not hold a much people. Right. He's like, can I get a, your car? I'm like, uh, no, you will not nope. have a car that can fit more than three of your friends. <laughs> nope. Nope. Sorry. Um, so all that's happening. Look at us being, being grown up parents. This must be an adult when we were like, Gosh. just give me the keys. Uh, I know. 30 I years mean, ago. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to have another driver. I'm excited to not have to be the one who takes her to every single soccer practice. Yeah. And um, I mean, I know people are like, oh my gosh, like, no, I, I can't imagine my kid driving or I don't, I'm going to miss it or this or that. And I get that. But like, we've all done it, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, we all were first time drivers. We were all new on the road. Like somebody's doing, yeah, you know, <laughs> some, but somewhere somebody's doing something right. Yeah. Like we've all, you got to try it out. Yeah. Everyone's on the road has figured it out. At least most of the people. Exactly. But how nice is it going to be to just be like, my car needs gas, go get gas for my car. Or I forgot something in the grocery store. Go pick this up for me because there are kids are going to be in that stage that first year or two where they want to drive somewhere. And we're at that stage where I just don't want to leave the house again. (laughs) So like, I'm fine. Go get this for me. I, I will never be upset about her taking herself to a practice. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Like, 
I don't care what sport, whatever, like, ugh. if it's, if it's a practice now, you know, games, things like that are a little different if they're further yeah. away or they're, mm-hmm. you know, a place where you've never been and stuff. And that's fine. I'm going to be there anyway. But when you have practice, she had basketball practice last year or last school year, her basketball team practice from five 30 to seven 30 every weekday night. Ugh. Like, the school is super close by too. Like she literally has two streets to turn on, yeah. you know, so she could get there easy and back. But when you're taking her and dropping her off, it's like, I take her, drop her off, come back. That is right in the middle of dinner time of normal people. Right. So I have other family members that are like, mm, maybe we'll eat now, you know, and then I'm fixing and then I'm, pushing the rest of it till she gets home or whatever. And I got to go back and get it. And those, those hour and a half, two hours go by really quick. It's like, you can't, you don't have time to really do anything. Just enough time to get busy. No. Yeah. Just enough time to like get busy and then have to stop and do it again. Yeah. Just enough time to piss me off. Like that's (laughs) really how it works. So that type of stuff. I'm like, yeah, girl drive. Go ahead. So, my daughter has to practice out of town, like the next town over. That's like 30. Some of the practices are 30, 45 minutes away. Mm, um, yeah. One that's literally like 10 that she can drive to. But so when I have to take her to those practices and we do have a good carpool group, but when it's my turn to drive, I'm sitting in a parking lot or walking around a parking lot or talking to other parents for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> until it's time to get back on the road and drive 45 because minutes. It's, it's because like, you can't or, go home in no, between. No, it's, four hours that I'm just yeah. on the That's, road watching yep. teenagers practice and practice is not fun to watch. I'd no. rather be sitting at a game. Yeah. Practices are so like, I don't even watch them. I get on my phone. I'm like, hmm, yep. play games, talk to people. Yep. And then they get yep. in the car and like, can we get smoothies? Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. And you can't tell kids who are sweaty and hot, like, no, we can't go get smoothies. Yeah. We can't get refreshing beverages to cool you off. No. <laughs> You've been practicing no, no, no. for only two hours. I know. Yeah. No, we're the same way with softball. She's about 30 minutes away um, for a softball team. And it's just uh, like, I'm the same way. I sit there and talk to parents that I'm like, well, I'm not, there's nothing else I can do. Can't start a grocery run either because right. if I don't get done or. It's too much stress. Watch, it is. You've got to watch your clock and that's not fun. No. So I sit there and I, I listen or I watch shows on my phone or something. So I've been reading a lot lately. I've okay. been trying to read more. I feel like that's, I'm trying to stay healthy with my mind that way. That's a good idea. I should probably do the same. I haven't, I'm not there yet. But yeah. so let me ask you this. And, and maybe our situations are a little different because my son's a, a lot younger than your, your youngest daughter, but. Debate in our house of my daughter wants to take my son places when she gets her license. And my right now, my husband and I are like, mm, let's see how it goes. <laughs> let's see how we feel about you being in the car. This is obviously when she's licensed, not with the permit. Um, right. But she's like, once I get my license, I can take my brother to school or I can take my right. brother to the playground. And we're like, hmm, uh, to be determined. <laughs> let's right. see how it goes. Um, by that time, he'll be four, four and a half. And my husband's like, no, absolutely not. You're not getting in the car. 
where are you guys on that? But I know your daughter's a little older, but yeah, still. ours is older. So I, I mean, I'm, it will definitely be, um, it'll definitely be allowed. Um, to what extent I think is, yeah. is, you know, can you run me over to such and such as friend's house? Right. Like that, yeah. you know, drop me off at my friend's house or take me to school or practice or something like that. Like, I think that'll be the case. Now I'll never have her really going and waiting those two hours right. um, sitting there doing that. But I think I would appreciate her taking her somewhere and like maybe doing one of the shifts, you know, like, Hey, if you can take her, I'll pick her up or right. whatever, like at least just a helping hand on it. Yeah. But definitely the, like either to school or to, a friend's house. I'm all for get in the car, go see you later. Charlotte, be careful. That type of thing. Yeah. Um, what I'm weirded out by is things like if they were to say like, we want to go to the mall. Yeah. And then it's like the two of them want to get in the car and go to the mall. And then like, not just have driven there, but they like have to be in like this public place together. Like, I don't know that that's hard for me to like swallow. Like, but I mean, I think back to it. I mean, I did it, you know, like, yeah. My so that are, I have older brothers. My yeah. brothers drove me places. My brother drove me to school. Um, when I was in middle school, he was in high school. And then had had picked me up at practice before. I know that, but it was like after school practice. I know he had picked me up before. And I just, I, I know it was some times where we went to somewhere like the mall or something. And we both were going there for like meeting friends. Mm -hmm. I thought it was the coolest thing to be with him and to go do that. And then we kind of split ways in the mall and you're with your friends, just like if your mom drops you off to meet friends. Right. But that's still really weird for me. So, yeah. I, yeah. It's weird for me. And, and I'm kind of on the fence with it because, but because we live in, we technically live in a village and it's only 12 miles long and everything that he needs to be at at this age is within our village limits. Yeah. And it's one one or two roads that you're gonna be on. It's not like a bigger town, a bigger city where she has to get on the highway with him. I'm weirded about about high, highway driving with him yep. alone. Yep. Um but I'm like, look, if she's on her way to school and she has time to drop him off at school, right? I'm okay with that because it's on the way. Yeah. Um, but again, I would have to see with her being a driver with me in the car. Yep. And my daughter's just she's a little not when it comes to driving and things like that she's a very much follow the rules type girl so like she 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 drove one day like practicing and she's like I forgot to use my turn signal I'm like it's gonna be okay <laughs> she, but she talked about it for like two that's hours when, like, that's where you honestly. look at her you're like no license for you I was like, like, oh, gosh, you're gonna fail she's like I gotta remember not to do that on my I'm like it's okay like yeah, yeah. I sometimes either forget to turn my on or I turn it on to go the wrong way or whatever yeah. I'm like it's okay but I'm glad that you're concerned enough about it to like right to make sure you're following all the rules but yeah 
interesting time in their lives. I know it's going to be, it is going to be fun. There is going to be benefits and I I know that. And I'm, I'm just focusing on that, but I'm looking forward to being a passenger. (laughs) Hey, same girl. Give me a cocktail in the evening. We'll see. We're good. Oh no, I've got a ride home. I'm good. Yeah. I have a DD. Thanks. (laughs) Um, Okay. So we got a lot of that coming up next time we talk. I'm sure it might even be school time. Kids are in the groove of things. That's awesome. Um, My kids are just getting to the point where they're like, "Mm, school, school's going to be fun. Like I'm excited. You know, they, they hacked into the system and found out their classes mm-hmm. and saw their like classes and teachers and everything. And then they screenshotted their stuff and started telling all their friends, all their friends were screenshotting their classes after they learned the trick of how to get in the system. And now the school system has become wise to it and they have taken things down. And so <laughs> I think a lot of people started maybe, trying to switch classes or change or send in requests about things, you know, and they were like, they were like, never mind, we're taking it down. So we'll see if anything changes, but they're all getting excited. And as am I, I, I do love summer and I love the freedom and the fun of it and stuff, but I also enjoy routine and our family thrives on routine as we have said before. So we like that routine of what's happening during the week and knowing and doing and, It'll be good. It'll be good. Bring on the fall. Bring on the fall. It's not not too bad temperature wise, but I'm ready to bring it on. Yeah. So I've got a couple of things I wanted to toss at you today. Um, just just been keeping my ears open and stuff and seeing what was going on out there. And there's not much. Like I said, entertainment wise, people have been pretty much behaving themselves and that's fine. But I wanted to discuss a couple of things, um, and I don't know how I'm going to end up on this topic. I'll explain. So Luke Bryan and Peyton Manning have announced that uh, they are the new hosts for the CMA Awards coming up in November. Okay. So Luke Bryan, Peyton Manning. Luke Bryan, this will be his second year in a row doing it. Peyton Manning, first time. Okay. Unpopular opinion here. I don't like Luke Bryan. (laughs) Something about him gives me the willies, like the heebie-jeebies. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but like, he is truly a celebrity that I'm just don't like. Um, I don't even, I don't even like country music that much, but something about him really makes me angry. Um, are you a fan? Um, I, I I know of Luke Bryan. Um, I know some of his songs. I've seen him on TV. He seems likable. I think the thing that I was intrigued about, and like, well, not even intrigued, just kind of admired him a little bit about is his, I believe his sister, um, maybe was either died or was killed in a car accident. Something tragic. His sister died. And he took in his, her kids um, and has raised them. And so knowing that family history, and I think he's very close to his mom. So seeing him in that aspect, yeah, and I know some of his songs. Um, 
as far as like what I feel like about him is he's very stiff a little bit in interviews and I definitely feel like he's more comfortable on stage. Maybe not so mm-hmm. much um, where it comes off a little forced. Well, cause he's shaking it every time. Yeah. That's all I ever <laughs> see him do. Yeah. That might be true. Yeah. Shaking it for me and shaking it for you and everything else. Like, yeah. I think so that's are the CMA awards, is this the one that Carrie Underwood and Brad Paisley used to host? Is that's this what I thought. Yes. Okay. Is that, I'm pretty sure that's the one they've always hosted. I loved them as the host. And I think that really makes sense. Um, and I don't I don't know if they just kind of burned that out or and they were just kind of done with that or whatever. But, um, yeah, I guess it says that Luke Bryan was the host of it last year. Like I said, I'm not a huge country music fan. I follow enough of it. But, um, and maybe that's another reason I don't like Luke Bryan. Like, I like older country. Like, I like... yeah. Was it on on XM? It's called Prime Country, yeah. you know, and that was like from the eighties and nineties, like Garth Brooks and Reba McIntyre and that type of stuff. So when you said that, and I was thinking, was it Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood? I was like, hmm, I, I like Peyton Manning. Love Peyton Manning. Like I love his Peyton time Manning. on SNL. He's hilarious. So I, I see that when I'm looking forward to that. There's it's going to be funny. I, I feel like with him, but immediately when I thought, is this the same one? Two people popped in my head. I'm like, okay, if they're going for a guy-guy duo, I would love to see Blake Shelton do it. If they're going for a guy-girl, I would love to see Reba McIntyre do it. Because yes. I think both of them have enough. I mean, Reba's had a TV show. Reba's come across as funny and witty. And Brad Pay- and, or, and um, Blake Shelton on The Voice, he's always witty and comfortable. I just feel like that would be playing off each other yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. I'm... I'm interested to see how the male male lineup yeah. goes for a hosting gig. Um, like I said, I love Peyton Manning. Um, I wasn't like a, it, he, it, he wasn't like my quarterback or anything, but right. in the post football world, yeah. I like Peyton Manning. He's um, hilarious. I, think, I think he's so funny. I think his delivery comes across almost like, I can't tell if he's, putting on a show or not right Right. like I can't tell if he's kind of playing dumb or if he's playing silly you know or whatever I think he's just got that really good delivery and humor like I said I just I can't do it with Luke Bryan like yes that's a really nice story of him with his family and I really feel crappy for saying it if that's all good but I but on a on a performance level Something just rubs me wrong about him and I can't, I can't do it. Like I feel, I don't don't know. I can't even like, I can't even look at him sometimes without being like, ugh, you know, like. I just don't think I know enough to form an opinion. I'm like, it's Luke Bryan. People love it. I don't know. Like, and I feel like I haven't, I don't know. I didn't realize he was still a thing. Like I know a handful of years ago he was like shaking his ass all the time on tv and on commercials or everything else but now i haven't heard i guess much about him it's been more like luke combs and zach brown and that type of stuff but and those are the that's the country i like 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 luke combs i like um zach brown band i love chris stapleton those types of things i'm like oh yeah i can get into it i even like some of blake shelton's songs so i mean right right I don't, I don't, I think I just don't, 
I, I'm sure I've heard a Luke Bryan song. I know I've heard more than those four bands, obviously, um, but or those four artists. But yeah, I just don't know enough to form an opinion. But I mean, don't like his voice either. Like it is a different voice. <laughs> has a very distinct but, voice. And <laughs> I, I just feel like he's faking it like I don't know why I have this problem with him but I just do like he is like somebody that and I I normally don't care but like something is just wrong about it I don't well we'll have to watch to see Peyton Manning will pull it in he'll carry the show but yeah I hope so so. let's try somebody else next year I hope old Luke Bryant doesn't try to like like try to battle it out you know like fighting for attention almost when it comes to like don't take away Peyton's spotlight on this like yeah well I did see it last year when he I didn't I didn't realize I was the one he hosted but whatever show he hosted last year I saw it um because I do enjoy the CMAs I feel like they're one of the most entertaining shows the performances are always good music puts on good um award shows because it's full of performance it's not full of just people talking and doing all right. different kinds of things. It's, it's actually entertaining. But um, I remember last year thinking, Oh, I really miss Carrie Underwood and Brad Paisley doing this. Cause it was like, he'd tell some jokes and you'd feel like almost people were laughing out of just pity. Cause you know, there's, it's You're a laughing joke. At him. Like, I mean, see? yeah, it was, I was like, Ooh, this is, I mean, this is who they got to replace those two. It's kind of unfair to yeah. him because they were and so you know, and, you know, Brad Paisley and Peyton Manning have that history. Oh, that, that's right. Commercials. That would have yeah. even been great. That maybe I was thinking, like, maybe that could have been the transition, right? Like, yeah. maybe maybe they just do Brad and Peyton. And then the next year, Brad's out and Peyton stays and there's another host or something. I, I don't like know. That. Like, that's a good, I forgot of, about that. That's, yeah. Just that to kind of bridge it. I love those two in the commercials. They're funny together. Yeah, and Brad Paisley's it. funny overall. Like he's yeah. he's good overall because he's so natural. Like he doesn't ever look like he's forcing it. Like it's just <laughs> that's just who he is all the time. That's who he is. Yeah, yeah. I feel that way about Blake Shelton too. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, that as well. Um, okay, so as I said, I'm not quite sure that I am a the most appropriate person to talk about country music news and stuff because I'm not the biggest fan, but it falls a little more in my wheelhouse. First of all, like I said, we discussed Peyton Manning throws in there. Great. I'll talk about it. Um, But speaking of like prime country and what I liked, um, the Judds Mm -hmm. um, back in the day, obviously everybody knew the judge, you know, we know that, um, you know, recently, I guess it was in April, um, uh, Naomi Judd passed away um, by suicide. And Ashley, her daughters, Ashley and Winona, it's reported, are now not listed in the will. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's, uh, there's little nuances about this, obviously. It's not just cut and dry, like, here's the will. It says nothing for you guys, so that's it. You never get anything, all that stuff. Like, they're tied to her in so many other ways. Obviously, they're getting support from other stuff. But um, it says that just before her passing, she changed her will and uh, left all of her money to her husband, Larry Strickland. 
uh, it says, quote, I nominate and appoint my spouse, Larry Strickland, as executor of my estate. In event of my spouse ceases or fails to serve, then I nominate and appoint my brother-in-law, Reginald Strickland, and Daniel Chris Weider as executors. A direct no bond shall be required of my executor. So, you know, I get it. it you know, for example, my will is pretty pretty straightforward. Like there's nothing fancy to it. Like mm -hmm. if I pass away and my husband's still alive, then the money goes to him and then it's split with my kids, you know, down mm -hmm. from that. If my husband's not there and then it goes straight down to my kids, like it's pretty, pretty cut and dry. Um, so maybe that's kind of the way this is. Um, you know, I know that there's a trust uh, that's set up that they'll probably get some money off of, they were saying, like inheritance wise. But it's just been a kind of bad story all the way around. Um, obviously struggled with mental health, had those issues. Um, did you watch any of the performance from when they performed um, mm -hmm. as, as her tribute concert or mm -hmm. performance and stuff? Did you watch any of that? I did. The one that Robin Roberts hosted? Yes, Robin Roberts yeah. hosted, but they had lots of their friends on camera either send in videos or um, come and perform. But it was really well done. It was beautiful. Um, but it was, I mean, they were heartbroken. You know, I mean, I couldn't stand to watch Ashley all the time. She was so upset, um, as she should be. But Anyway, I just found it interesting that that will has come out now, um, just these past couple of days, that that is, they are not in there um, because we've pretty much known them as a duo and then Ashley being a part of that family as an actress and stuff. That's all we've ever known was them all together. I couldn't even pick her husband out of a lineup. Yeah, and I wonder if, I mean, I obviously don't know what was going on, but the Judds had reunited and they were planning on going on tour. So obviously well, for, one day before they were, she, she died one day before yeah. they were being inducted into the hall of fame. That's right. Yes, that's right. And so I'm sure that there's some money that's protected for Winona through that duo. And right. Royalty under things that fell under the Judds. The Judds. Right? Sure. That's royalties, things like that. And maybe some of the royalties will go to her husband, I'm sure, as he's the executor. And that's, I mean, but she's protected. The Judd name probably primarily belongs to her when it comes to that. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an executor or anything like that or a lawyer. But, and I feel like maybe if, I don't know, obviously, the relationship that she has with her, with her daughters. But the fact that they were reuniting seemed to be... Um, a positive, like on the right track type thing, at least for her and Winona. But you also maybe get the sense of wanting to make sure that her husband was protected. Mm -hmm. I don't get the brother-in-law and the other guy. I don't understand that part of it. I think that's what kind of like threw me off from it was exactly yeah. that. Like I'm, I get it. Leave the stuff to your husband. Like that doesn't yeah. surprise me, but the, when you're not listing your children, like my children are listed in my right. will, yes. yeah. maybe not as the main beneficiaries if my husband's still alive, mm -hmm. because I know my husband then is to distribute down below, right? But, mm -hmm. but 
but to not list them at all seemed weird with a brother-in-law listed. And some other guy. Yeah, and somebody else. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's what would throw me off. So so I, I say this very gingerly because I genuinely don't know. Like, I'm questioning this. So there were questions and not just questions like facts about her mental health struggles. Right. Mm -hmm. And it says that, you know, from what this report is saying, again, we don't know if any of this is true, is that things were changed fairly recently within the will. You know, is there a history of people that have like um, contested wills and stuff, if that's the word to use, based on someone's mental state. Yeah. When when things have changed. I think that's a lot of like, this is pulling a big gut pat, blast from the past, but I feel I think that may have been the case with Casey Kasem when he passed. Remember all that whole thing that was going on? And I'm sure it's involved other people's, but the, the one that most recent that I can think of is his children contested the will because he left everything to his wife. But in the, I think things have been changed late. He was in a state of deteriorating health. Mm -hmm. Um, They hadn't been able to see him. Every communication was coming through her. Um, So there was questions of, was this in fact initiated by him or did she force it and um, make herself the full executor? Same thing with Anna Nicole Smith. Um, I think hers, his, her husband's children contested it when he left everything to her because he was older. Right. And he, he was maybe manipulated into it. So there is there has there is history. I think when that comes up, from what I understand from TV shows and all this stuff is, and just from reading about it, is like the lawyers will look at it, find out you know when did it happen? Is that really her signature? Were there lawyers involved? Was it notarized? Is it legal? Right. So, yeah. Um, and I think for Winona and Ashley, it's going to be tricky because they're both, they're both well-known, famous in their own right. Yeah. So they have to, they have to tread very carefully with how they approach this Yeah. because you know, again, I don't know their, their situation. People can be famous and still be bankrupt and broke and all that stuff. I don't know their financial situation, but from the public, it's looking like, okay, of course you want to protect her husband. Um, make sure that he wasn't kind of thrown out by the wayside from their home. Yeah. Make sure that he was set up to be protected and the lifestyle that they had set up together. They have been together since 1989. So this was by no means a new right. relationship. Right. So this was established relationship. They knew him as their stepfather. They call um, him so, pops. Right. So there's, there's that relationship there. And so her wanting to protect that, but having them come out and actively contest it for a large sum and not just maybe a portion of protect. Like if Winona came out and said, I just want to protect the Judd's assets as the Judd's and still like have that. That's right. one thing, but to say, I want a piece of that 25 million or to, for Ashley to be like, I want a piece of that 25 million. Right. It's going to look, it could look very, suspect or not suspect but a little bit greedy like come on you guys have your money yeah 
Right, right, right. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Yeah, well, it's it's just kind of one of these, I think everybody was maybe caught off guard, like that was a little strange, but who knows? We don't know any details and all that stuff. Like, right. I just think clearly the that's secondary part of it is probably what people are like, wait a minute, why your brother-in-law? Yeah. Why yeah. this other guy? I don't understand the brother-in-law and I don't understand this other guy. Her husband, fully understand. 100%. No qualms there. The brother-in-law is a little bit of a question mark. Yeah. And And again, I don't know the relationship, but why is he getting the money? Right. Like not listing anywhere else about like. Oh, and let's not forget she has grandchildren. Yes. So why, again, why the (laughs) brother-in-law? Right. I think that's, yeah, that's what everybody's kind of like weirded out by. So I don't know. It's strange, but it got me thinking. So. I did a quick little search on some of the strangest will requests that people have done. This is where my mind goes whenever I read things like this, you know, and whenever we're really thirsty for content. So, um, did you know that comedian Jack Benny, married to his wife for nearly 50 years, died of cancer in 1974? Then Mary passed away less than a decade later in 1983. Um, but she never forgot him after his death. And here's a good reason why. According to her obituary, every single day after her husband passed away, the local florist delivered a single long stemmed rose to his widow. She says, quote, I learned Jack actually included a provision for the flowers in his will. One red rose to be delivered to me every day for the rest of my life. Um, so, yeah. So that's somebody put that in their will. Send them one long stem rose every day until she dies. Um, and I guess whenever you're maybe older and you've been married past 50 years and all that stuff, like that's beautiful. That's fantastic. Maybe don't do that if like you have like a young bride or something that might need to get remarried later. I don't know. At some point the money's going to run out of roses. <laughs> I know. Um, let's see. Um and they'll probably get remarried and their husband will be like, can you stop sending my wife? Roses? We get the roses guys. Like we get it. You loved her. I love her too. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, some men wouldn't want their wives to remarry someone else in the event of their death or someone wouldn't want, but not Henrik Hein. The German poet left his assets to his wife, but there was one stipulation. She must remarry. His will reportedly read, quote, because then there will be at least one man to regret my death. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Ouch. <laughs> Burn. I don't like that, but still, it's pretty funny. Um, let's see. Uh, this guy put restrictions as well saying that uh, his property mogul Maurice Lebeau's made headlines after he died um, pretty recently, leaving behind nearly $40 million estate to his two daughters with some restrictions. 
He reportedly stipulated that his two daughters would get the full inheritance at the age of 35, but they could get at least some of the money beforehand as long as they reach certain milestones. For example, the daughters have to do things like graduate from an accredited university, marry someone who agreed to not touch their inheritance, and have no children out of wedlock in order to collect the large sum before 35. I mean, seems legit. Whatever. Like, How do you bring up that conversation with someone? So I'm in love with you and I'd love to marry you, but you have to agree not to untouch me. Here's the thing. Right. We can't have a baby yet. <laughs> Gotta be married. We, you can't touch anything that's my money. <laughs> and if you do, I won't get anything else. And, you know, until I'm 35 and this and that. Here's my prenup. <laughs> yes. And it kind of goes into the whole, like, you know, you're, um, dowry and stuff, right? Like, isn't that what you were worth kind of being paid off for? Um, in 2007, a lucky dog inherited $12 million when his owner, business one woman, Leona Hemsley, died. Literally, she left the fortune to her Maltese named Trouble. And she, it wasn't because she didn't have any heirs. Helmsley's grandchildren received less than the dog, according to their will. And then a, a judge did reportedly reduce the sum down to $2 million to the dog instead of the $12 million. So who actually gets the dog's money? I mean, who, who spends the dog's money? And it's a lot of treats, lots of, lots of doggy daycare days. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, cool. I don't know. This just stuff just makes me think like what, what's something cool I could put in my will that's going to be like sneaky when it's like red one day when I'm gone, like people aren't going to be ready for it. You know, like, so uh, here's another one. So Harry Houdini, he died in 1926, but he made a promise to his wife, a final promise to his wife, Bess. According to reports, Houdini vowed to contact Bess from beyond the grave. His last wishes reportedly included a will request that Bess look for any signs of communication from him and that she should hold a mini seance every year on the anniversary of his death. They had agreed upon a secret phrase that would be passed along to confirm it was really him speaking to her. The phrase we now know is, Rosabelle, believe. Other reports say she never heard from him and she tried for a decade. So, yeah, I'm not doing he, that. He put in his will that he needs a seance every year on anniversary of his death. I'm not doing that one. I mean, I will not be like, do I have to be in attendance? Cause no. I mean, like, y'all tell me if he said it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, y'all tell me what you heard. I'll tell you if it was him or not. Cause based right. on the, but the I will not be years. there. Right. So, you know, again, I'm just kind of curious, like what could I maybe put in there that when the time comes and people are sitting around reading my will, I can imagine the person saying, and then she has recently added, <laughs> and you know, and then tell some sort of crazy thing. Crazy. You will get a sum of money every year from her estate 
as long as you, you know, hop on one foot in the middle of Times Square on Thanksgiving Day or so, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, like, is that just what people can do? Like, you can just do that? You just put it in your will and it's law? Like, that's it? Right. Like, what if people don't do it? Like, what if that flower shop closed that did the red roses things? Like, what happens then? Like, does the wife, like, go to the lawyer and be like, ahem, I'm not getting my roses. I don't have any roses lately. I've had roses for the past two weeks. Um, can, I'm going to need somebody- those. Can y'all fix this for me, please? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, moving on to some more bizarre celebrity stuff. I don't know if this is bizarre, but, you know, um, did you hear that Travis Scott is now going to be doing a residency in Las Vegas? No. Yeah. So, you know, residencies are happening like it's. Britney Spears have done it. J-Lo's done it. Adele's getting ready to start her residency. Like, you know, it's kind of become like a big deal, right? If you get a residency. Mm-hmm. I think Kelly, Kelly Clarkson did it, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But it's um, it's kind of the, the hip thing to do, right? Have a residency there. It's easy for them. They sit around and, you know, are able to relax during the day and stuff. And then they perform in the evenings, and in the same spot every time they're not having to travel around and go on tour or whatever, but they just rake in all this money yeah. from these residencies. And they're either a year long or some of them, I think like what Wayne Newton was like forever. Right. But yeah, Celine Dion had one forever too. Celine Dion. Yes, exactly. And so, um, you know, they bring in a lot of money. And so for example, JLo, um, was in residence at the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino for nearly two years, from 2016 to 2018. Um, the deal reportedly was set to be worth $350,000 per night. Wow. Yeah. So, and I understand, like, as a as an artist, from what I've gathered they're able to have a lot more like creative freedom with something like this because it is like a set stage, right? It's theirs. They can make it a lot more elaborate. It's not a traveling show, whatever. Right. right? So they can put a lot more into it, which I know a lot of them are wanting that. Um, <clears throat> so JLo did 120 concerts at her residency and she brought in $102 million. Wow. Okay. And that was two years. You know, yeah. 120 shows in two years. Like, that's a lot of shows. You know, she just sort of, I would imagine it's like kind of maybe she lived upstairs or something. I don't know. But, um, so we know that, uh, Lady Gaga, Kelly Clarkson, Britney Spears all have completed successful runs. Um, Adele will be joining the residency like right now, like it's like setting up, getting ready to happen. Um, but yeah, just learned that, um, Travis Scott is going to be doing one. And I, I'm just a little torn on this. Like, I don't think, uh, first of all, I don't know why does, does Travis Scott have that type of following? I know like three Travis Scott songs, maybe two. That's that's three more than me. But I I 
I just don't understand, like, these other names almost fit in the same category, don't you think? Like Adele, Britney Spears, Kelly Clarkson, Lady Gaga, Celine Dion, J-Lo. And I think Usher's doing one right now that's very popular. Um, I get it. But I think with all those artists, the thing about them all is they have a lot of crossover appeal. Yeah. Um. So it's like, you know, people who like all different kinds of genres of music will, if you're going to Vegas, oh my gosh, Kelly Clarkson's going to be there. Oh my gosh, Usher's going to be there. You know their songs. Like you said, you know their songs from the 90s. You're a fan of 90s R&B or you know, early 2000s, R&B, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Travis Scott seems like a very specific, like, I don't know that I would go. It's it's almost like a, a targeted audience. And maybe that's okay. Like, yeah. I know, like, the group that Bruno Mars put together, Silk Sonic. Yeah. They are having, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily considered a residency, but they are doing Vegas shows um, like a, an experience. It's like the, the Silk Sonic experience. So it's not like they're, they're there for right, a year, right. but mm-hmm. they may be there for like a month or two or three sure. and have some shows. And so fans of Bruno Mars and fans of Anderson Pack and friends of Silk Sonic will go see that special experience. I could see more of that for a Travis, Travis Scott, where it's more of a Travis Scott experience. And so people are coming to Vegas specifically to see and have that experience with him, like maybe where it's not a larger arena, but it's more of an intimate setting where there's only going to be like 200 or hundred people in the audience. And, right. But a residency, like big stage. Hey, Astro world is very large in it is when he, when he performs there, like he does every year, it's huge. So just yeah. because I don't know them doesn't mean that that following's not there. I mean, obviously they have to look at things like sure. who's the audience? Will they buy the tickets? Will they come um, before they ever invite people to do this? Now, I don't know enough about him to be like, I'm going to Vegas specifically to see Travis right. Scott. You right. know, if I'm there and my daughter's like, and then my daughter happens to go, my daughter might be like, hey, can we go to Vegas this year? Have a Scott. I'm like, I guess. <laughs> you know, like, but I'm not well, purposely going out might- there for you might not, though, because I looked up how much tickets cost to these residency performances. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, because Adele is getting ready to start hers, they have actual ticket prices for her show right now. Right. Yeah. So and I know Adele and Travis Scott are different. Like, I'm not trying to say his would be this way or whatever, but. Um, the Adele tickets are going for between $600 and $41,000. No, no, no. For a ticket. No. And that's not like, you know, flying you cross country on a private jet and putting you in <laughs> Vegas. That is we just, get that. <laughs> you get your own butt to Vegas, pay for your own hotel room and food and everything else. And then, oh, $40,000 gets you a seat. Mm-mm. Yeah, so need that she can you know, just listen to him on the radio. It says that there were two tickets um, for sale for forty one thousand two hundred and eighty dollars each, with the promise that both of those tickets will be seated next to each other. Thank goodness, okay. so we can spend eighty two thousand dollars <laughs> right. And then six other ticket tiers. You know how the prices uh-huh. go. 
were available for $20,000 each or more. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and then it was saying that clearly she's, you know, super popular right now and this and that and whatever. Um, but this was interesting to me. Las Vegas residencies have grown in scope and cost since Liberace pioneered the format back in 1944. Okay. Yeah. So according to the Library of Congress, he was paid $750 for the first week of his work in 1944, a sum that would translate to roughly $12,500 in today's dollar. Wow. Since then, stars ranging from Lady Gaga, whose show was at Park MGM Las Vegas include four-person VIP package priced at $10,600 to Britney Spears, Cher, Ella Fitzgerald, Nat King Cole, all have had residencies. Usher, Katy Perry, Bruno Mars, <laughs> Anderson Pock duo Silk Sonic have headlined on the Vegas Strip this year, and musical legends Diana Ross, Rod Stewart, and Sting have also had performances planned at least in the fall. But Celine Dion's first residency, which spanned from 2003 to 2007, holds the record for the highest-grossing Las Vegas residency. According to the gambling site Best Odds, her four-year run at the Coliseum earned a reported $385.1 million. Wow. And the eight-year residency that followed, beginning in 2011, earned $292.2 million. So you got to think that these residencies are also like a way for people to, I mean, they're popular, right? They're famous. They're making lots of money. But if they're humans at all, they have to be thinking about their future, right? And saying, hey, this is a way to just basically set up shop for a little while, make mm -hmm. a boatload of cash, and I'm not really having to do the other stuff on top of it, the strain of touring and everything else. Right. So let's just take this money and put it aside. Almost like it wasn't, it's not my ads, my endorsements, my, all that other stuff. This is just me performing for a few nights here and there at the same spot, making loads of money. I put this over to the side and then that's, you know, Celine Dion is never going to have to worry about money. Right. But in hearing those ticket prices, at first I thought that's so cool. They get to do a concert, but instead of them traveling to the people, the people travel to them. Right. Hearing those prices, it's what I think would probably be a very different audience than they would get if they were actually traveling, traveling the studies and setting up a concert um, to perform for a night or two to a target, to an audience. Right. These are very much high rollers, something for the people in Vegas to be like, I can get you tickets to Celine Dion Right. Because it's hard to get, right? Or they're expensive. Or again, I'm a big fan of Celine Dion. Someone bought me, surprised me and bought me a ticket to to go see her. Or I, you know, bought myself, I gifted myself a ticket right. like as an experience. At $600, that's very deliberate. That's something that I'm going there for Celine, but I'll be in Vegas. I may gamble some, I may not. But it's it's definitely for a different type of audience. So I don't feel like maybe the concert they would put on 
in Denver or in or if they were just going to Las Vegas for a concert somewhere else is what you'll be getting when you go to these. It's very much a Vegas show, I think. It's a show. Yeah. yeah. It's a show. And and you know, I picture somebody like a Celine Dion appreciating that more, right? Yeah. Like share doing a residency. Like she loves yeah. that as opposed to just, you know, not that they wouldn't like just going and singing, but like the fact you get to put a little more oomph into it and have this it's an experience. It's a show that you're going yeah. to. That would be, you know, it just seems like, damn, that's a lot of money. So $600 money. for your, for your base level seat to see Adele. Like well, I have to be a huge fan. Yes. And like, this is all I want for your Christmas, my birthday, anniversary. For like Day, three years. Yeah. Like years. You're good. If I get that ticket. Right. I won't say a word about anything <laughs> else to you. Like you, you can just it. every time one of those when something comes up, just take a picture of the ticket, pop it yeah. up, <laughs> yeah, honey. Like it's your little safety net. Like oh, Adele tickets. Wait a minute, oh, Adele <laughs> tickets. What do you say? Nothing. Right. That's right. Because Adele tickets. What do you want for Christmas? Oh, that's right. We got it last year. <laughs> Sorry, we got it four years ago and still paying on it. Yeah. Like no thanks. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, so let's wrap this up with talking about something else. Speaking of big fans, if if you're listening out there, you've stuck with us through the weird country music phase of Chick Chat. Um, we're going to talk about Big Brother now. You know that we like to talk about Big Brother. And if you are not a Big Brother fan, by all means, thanks for listening so far. Please check out the rest of the shows on The Mesh. However... Um, if you'd like to hear our quick thoughts on the current Big Brother season, uh, stick around. Jeanette. Yes. You've been watching? I am far behind, but I am catching up. And of course, my Joker's updates keep me <laughs> like, it's you're, like you're I'm far there. behind <laughs> watching, but you're well aware of what has happened. I'm aware. And, you know, it's like I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get you. I have not been reading any updates this year. Trying not to this season. I tried it last year and then I peaked, but I'm I'm trying not to read any updates. I know that there's poor editing done on CBS's part in most situations. You know, we've seen that, but I am, um, I'm intrigued. Okay, okay. By this cast thus far, because from what I've seen, I've only seen like half the cast on the show. Like, I feel yeah. like really there's only like half of the cast. that's really. And I'm not that far in and I forget like they pop up like, Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there is an Instagram account. Um, I think it's Instagram, but it is a, um, it's a data. It's a doctoral student who is studying like uh, statistics and strategies and blah, 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 something other. And he does his research on big brother. So he tallies up um, how many times people have diary room entries, like how many times they're shown and versus other people per episode. He takes polls on where people were voting for before, like, who they would be pulling for versus who they weren't pulling for this week, whatever it may be. But that's the only stuff I've been reading outside the show. Um, basically, 
in a grand scheme of things, a couple people went real hard, real fast this season. And, and any Big Brother fan should know you don't do that. You don't go in guns a-blazing and going after people hardcore because everybody will figure it out. And one of the girls, in fact, this season went home, um, what, like the first week or something? Yeah, first, second week, yeah. Supposedly due to um, some mental health, anxiety struggles and whatnot of just within the house. But she was one of the people that from day one, I was like, girl, slow down, slow down. This is not going to help you. She, yeah, she made decisions about people without ever talking to them. Yes. (laughs) It was very much a, whoa, like, judgmental much <laughs> yeah came in just real real hot and was you know unfortunately paid price for like having to leave for it but um you know what i find strange and i know i'm not in there but after she left okay so this girl's name was paloma okay mm-hmm. after paloma left there were three or four people that were like, you know what? We're going to start Paloma's gang alliance. We're doing this for Poe. Okay. And so now they've been like carrying on, like venging her leaving or whatever, by trying to say like, oh, Poe's alliance is doing this. Poe's pack alliance is doing this. And you know what? It's not helping them either. Like, the girl's gone. Let her be gone. Let her go have her moment. You guys need to focus on your game instead of trying to seek revenge on someone who was in the house for three days. It's my opinion. Um, but. And she's still out here bad mouthing people. What? Specifically one person. Yeah. Like in she's the real like, world? Yeah. She's on Instagram and on TikTok making videos basically blaming her departure on Taylor because she said Taylor is a bully. And then all these people started coming after her saying, Oh, wait a minute. Did you forget that we can see behind the scenes and that we actually know more than what CBS is putting out there. So once that started happening and there was one person that pops up on some feeds that I see that has really like, I saved all these things and started posting them. She's like, "Um, but by the way, weren't you doing the same thing? Your microaggressions are a form of bullying. Um, and so she ended up taking a a couple of the posts down because Mm -hmm. people started, she thought it was a, going to be a way for her to get support and, oh, I hate Taylor too. And it was the complete opposite. So she stopped the comments and then she just completely deleted the post and it was like, it's not even there, but people took screenshots and were like, oh, Oh, no, do you remember when you said this? Or do you remember when you made this assumption about this and you had not talked to the girl at least one time? Um, Well, and that's really um, what we're seeing now, even in the house, right? So Paloma leaves, you know, secretly through the diary room. Nobody knows that she leaves. Uh, They get a letter read to them. They're all upset. My best friend of three days is gone. And so they're all upset. Um, But she was out for Taylor for some reason, right? Like she was out for Taylor. Day one, met her. Time they introduced themselves. She was like, I'm going after. Yes. 
picked Taylor and then and basically formed a girls alliance without Taylor. Um, because she was upstairs. Because she without was upstairs. Taylor and without one other girl. It was without Nicole. Nicole, yeah. Because they yeah. weren't in the room. Right. Because <laughs> everybody was too lazy to go and grab one of them. But so they all decide they're gonna attack Taylor. Um, long story short, they they try to get her out. It never works. Um, you know, she was on the block, then Paloma leaves, and so therefore nobody goes home. Um another week she's say, you know, she's on the block twice because people are trying to get her out. Because they're going off what not only what Paloma said in the first three days, but also now this Paloma's pack, these people that are trying to fight for her, um, were going off that as well. And so they were all like, oh, yeah, yeah, we should totally get Taylor out. We should totally get Taylor out. So they're trying. Well, then um, Nicole, who does not like Taylor, they've gotten together this new twist on Big Brother where they have to work in pairs mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're partners. Nicole is partnered with Taylor and her plan is to throw the competition so that they go on the block and therefore only one of them has to go home at that point, but she's willing to sit on the block so that Taylor will be the one automatically voted out. So she tells a couple people that she's going to throw the competition but she's real upset about it, right? Like, I don't want to throw the competition, but I have to. Well, these people see her upset about it and they start questioning like, oh no, is her mom okay? Because Nicola told people her mom had been sick. So everybody starts questioning like, oh my gosh, is her mom okay? Is she okay? Taylor, her partner, who does not know that she's about upset because she's going to throw the competition, goes in and says, are you okay? Do you need anything? Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I hope everything's okay. Nicole says, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just, you know, just upset. Taylor says, look, you know, if you need to go be home, nobody blames you. Like you, we understand. Nobody thinks less of you if you need to go home. She meant that because they were all thinking it was about her mom being sick. Mm -hmm. But Nicole takes it as, because nobody had told Nicole it was about her mom. Nicole takes it as, oh, you think I need to quit? Okay, well, don't tell me I need to quit. And she kind of lashes out at her. And then Nicole's best buddy, Daniel, then lashes out at Taylor. And Taylor is just crying and upset and completely dumbfounded about what is happening. <laughs> like, why is everybody freaking out on me? I was trying to be nice. And she's my partner and everything. And so then everybody starts seeing it. All these other people in the house, some of the people that we don't see very much of are all like, wait a minute. What, why, why are we attacking Taylor? Like who, who didn't like Taylor? And then people start realizing like, well, I don't have any problem with her. I don't have a problem with her. And they who all keep, realize it was Taylor like that had, that had a problem with her. That we're spending everything their way and everybody was believing it. So they have now formed a new alliance that is essentially a fence around Taylor. They are trying to keep her safe. I mean, in themselves too, but like, right. They just have, they were doing everything to make sure Taylor did not go home for something that 
was not warranted. And um, they call themselves the leftovers. And it's because they felt they were being the leftovers after everything that was happening and all the storylines and all the twists and turns, they were the last ones to know. So it's kind of an unlikely team of people. Um, but it worked. They pulled it off this past week and were able to not put Taylor on the board. And everybody was dumbfounded by it. That's not in that group. They all lied about it. They didn't do this whole, like when it bugs us, you know, when we talk about it in the past where they, they tell somebody ahead of time, like you're going up on the block or you're going home tonight. Well, then the whole like shock factor is taken away, but they straight up lied and acted it out. And they were just like, oh no, y'all are, you're going up like y'all are, you know, this other people, oh, y'all are safe. Y'all are safe and stuff. And then blindsided them, put up Terrence and Amira. And Amira was, you know, one of the people that had been leading a little bit of the charge on things. And it's, it's turned around and bite her in the ass. I, yeah. It, with Paloma, I feel like ever the when day one, when Taylor said, I'm a beauty pageant queen, Paloma was like, oh, no. That was it. That was Never all it took. And like, even if she's like, when she's talking to, we should make the Girls Girls Alliance because Taylor's up there with the boys. And she's like, she's been groomed for the pageant ever since her mom birthed her. I'm like, first of all, you haven't talked to the girl. She could have entered a pageant for a completely different reason. Right. First time ever when she was 20 something. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know her. And that's what I think turned me off about Paloma. The way she, first of all, the way she talks, it's like, and people are actually sitting here believing her, like, wait, no one questioned Paloma. How do you know this? Did you talk to her? I mean, yeah, they're like, I'm not sure right. why everybody was listening to her in the first place. Like Taylor, I would have been, that probably would have been on the blocks. So I've been in the room like, oh, did you, do you know this after like knowing her less than 24 hours? Like, yeah, she's been in pageants since she was born. Like, why are you assuming things about this girl? I haven't talked yeah. to her. I, yeah. would, I would be horrible in the house because I'm the one who's like, wait a minute, let's. We don't know these people. Like yeah. half of them are probably lying about what they're due for a living. And by the way, most of them are, uh, yeah. or at least a good portion of them are. So I well, mean, and you and I have watched enough years to know that a lot of times the first and even second time that people are getting put on the block, you hear from the, the HOH. Oh my God, it's so hard because I love all you guys. Like I'm just going to go off of, who lost or who came in second or something like that. Right. Because they really don't know people well enough to make cast judgment on, but Paloma apparently. She was all said, in. So I, I know, I know hey, Taylor, Taylor is horrible. Taylor is the villain. <laughs> this is it. Day one, the beauty passion queen villain. You see how she's talking to the boys? Like half of you are boys, half of you are girls. Did you say, Hey, as a girls, let's come downstairs and talk. Right. No, right. You guys just all happen to be in the room. You didn't go get her. We can find out about her, her thing. Like, I don't know. I, and I'm, I'm annoyed with CBS again. As always. I, I bring it up every year. But why are we only putting like, I feel bad for the older guy. And I say older, he's my age, but he's I know, right? <laughs> with like, he's a married guy with kids from Chicago. And he's in there with all these 20 plus people. Like once in a while, I mean, one year CBS, again, I know you're listening to us, but can we have 
okay, granted, there are more married people this year. There's a whole net, what, two, three, right. three, but um, three people that I know for sure that are married. But can we maybe do the age spectrum a little bit more diverse? Because yep. this is what happens when you cast a bunch of 20 year olds who are grew up in the internet phase of the world. They don't interact with people and they're forming opinions based on nothing. Mm-hmm. And the show takes this turn where it's very catty. It's very bullyish. It's very like, for once I would just like people to be like, okay, let's just play a game. Let's strategize. Let's not like pick on people and make them yeah. the villain. There's no need. Let's see. Like, that's what I miss about old big brother is people were actually playing a game not forming alliances day one, but maybe a week, two weeks in when they mm-hmm. realize who they click with mm-hmm. and who strategically help them, that's when the game started getting good, right? That's that's that was when it was good because those alliances would form and then they'd pretty much stick for a yeah. long time. Whereas now, I mean, they've already had like two alliances bust up this season. I mean, well, and they, it's only they, been like four episodes formed an opinion on who was going to be his final two by who looked at him and smiled and had the same yeah. hair as him. Like, yeah. He's okay. like, I just felt it. I just felt it. And I I'm like, did you? did you? Did you? Cause I think you felt wrong. Like you guys are now public enemy number one. <laughs> right. I don't, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a strange season. Like I said, because a lot of people came in hot fast. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, there there's several super fans on there. The whole super fan thing like doesn't apply much anymore. People yeah. used to be like, "Oh my gosh, they're a super fan," you know, because there was always inevitable be somebody on there that's like, "Yeah, I've seen it some before. I know kind of what it's like." What it and then is. there's other people that have notebooks, right? But yeah. this season, there's a lot of people that have claimed they have seen every episode of every season. So. The whole I'm a super fan thing is not that big of a secret anymore to keep, right? And like, why are you people, mad about it? Like, right. every year there's somebody mad that there's a super fan. Yeah, Daniel was mad that he thinks Michael is a super yeah. fan. Because he held but the yet, door open and didn't want to be the first one in. <laughs> right. He's like, I saw what you did. I saw what you did. You didn't go in, you held the door open. And I was like, oh, shucks, a gentleman, you're right. Yeah, and because so, the first person who enters the house is always the first person who leaves. So you knew that and held the door open. Okay. Please. <laughs> so yeah, whereas he's mad because he's a super fan, yet Daniel then admits he's a super fan. He's like, there's only room for one super fan I'm in this house. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, yeah. they're all super year old. I'm pretty sure you've all seen every episode. They're all super fans. I don't yeah. get it. But whatever um so will be interesting to watch do you have a favorite right now that you're watching no they're all just all over the place i think for me right now um i go back and forth i just again like you the episodes i've seen i forget half of them are there Mm -hmm. (laughs) so then when they show up i i forgot the the guy from chicago was there the married older gentleman you know our age gentleman was there Forget yeah. about the Brazilian girl. <laughs> Indy. I never know Indy's there. Like, I, I always forget that these people are there. And then they, they start talking when they did this like pairing up of people. 
they started talking about how somebody's like, oh my gosh, like they are my best friend in the house. And I'm like, who is? Like, <laughs> you know them? Who? Oh, I see When did they get here? Like, I don't understand. They're, and they're like, the oh. so weird. So, you know, I like Kyle right now. Um, you know, and what I liked about Kyle, and this was, of course, an edit done or whatever, but Kyle was kind of like fawning over Alyssa. And he's like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. And like, she's flirting with me and I'm flirting with her. And like, oh my gosh. But then Kyle goes and like gets himself in an alliance that's against Alyssa, basically. And she finds out about it. And she's like, I thought we were like friends like that. Like, clearly you don't have my back. And he's like, sorry, you know, and in his diary room, he's like, yeah, she's like really pretty. And she flirts with me and stuff. But like, I didn't really think what she was doing was smart. And I'm like, yes, Kyle, you know, that's right. Don't Let's take like, don't I have to be a I think that's why I would like a more diverse age group, yes. married group, because it takes away the showman's factor. Totally. You want to go in there and start starting a showman's can't happen. Right. Like it's not going to happen. That's not going to be your gameplay. You're not going to ride the coattails of right. your showman's. I don't yeah. know. It's, so it's, it's still super early, obviously yeah. lots and lots of game to play. I'm interested to see like how long they keep up the pairings and doing duos and all that stuff. There's only so far it can go because people are losing a partner every week, you know, but um, I'd like to see a twist where, because so many people are lying about their profession this year, mm -hmm. I would love to see a twist where someone gets to like choose between, do you want to know about a deception in the house or do you want to know like something where they could identify three professions that are in the house that they haven't been told about before. Like there are three lawyers in the house or there is a hypnotist in the house. Right, right, right. I would love for that for them not to tell who it is and not to say there's not a toy maker in the house. I do like, like that. that. Yes. But like if you could say there are three lawyers, there's a former police officer, yes. there's a hypnotist in the house. Yes. And then that gets everybody talking like, oh my gosh, who could it be? Because right. the people who are revealed and they'll tell them, like, will start panicking, like, oh, my gosh. Like, not tell them what's not in the house. Don't say there's not a toy maker because then that becomes obvious. But of course. to know that there's a hypnotist, to know that there's a few lawyers, and to know that there's a former police officer, I think people will be like, okay, time to start rethinking my game. Yeah. Well, we know that that's a big deal. And we know that people, you know, the whole career thing ends up being a big deal. Um but, you know, let's just highlight the dumb move of the week um, that happened last week whenever everyone was convinced that um, uh, when Amira and Terrence got put on the block, that they were just going to automatically send Terrence home. Like everybody was saying, oh, it's going to be Terrence, except for the leftovers who had said, oh, no, we're sending Amira home because she's a big threat. Yeah. Um, and the people that were left out of that decision, AKA Nicole was one of them. Nicole comes up crying to Terrence and says, well, I would like to like to tell you, you know, I'm a former police officer. Why? I'm like, <laughs> lady, what are you doing? And she's crying. And she's like, I just wanted you to know before you went out there, you know, and in the world and all this stuff. And I'm like, 
what are you doing? Like, it was the dumbest move ever. And now she the- stays in the house. And then Terrence is still there. And then Nicole throws a fit on TV going, nobody even told me. Now I couldn't even say my goodbyes to Amira. And I'm kind of like, um, kind of the point of the game. Like, why would anybody tell everybody everything? Like, that's that's just dumb. I don't know. I don't get it. But whatever. Um, so... We either have really super smart people on the show or really dumb people. There's a big mixture usually um, every season. And I guess we'll just have to wait and see what's going on. But ready for some more twists. Let's pull them out. Keep Let's them coming. Them yep. Keep them coming. Let's just see what we can figure out. And um, as always, CBS, contact us for more tips and tricks of how to make a better show. Um, we are happy to lead CBS on that correctional journey i'm actually shocked they haven't called us yet because we would be the twist queens we would have I mean, the best twist on television and just be consultants you know like they don't have to like you don't, have, you don't have to do them but here's some ideas yes here's just let's just put this out there in the universe we're gonna manifest this stuff yes i don't know we'll see how to reach it's us. always fun that is at least a good part of summer when yeah. all the other shows are kind of crap out there. Everything else is on hiatus, so I will watch Big Brother. Yeah. But um, for all of you that are listening, thank you so much for tuning in to the last summer edition of Chick Chat. Um, we'll be back soon with some more updates and hopefully some better entertainment news. Nothing consistent of Luke Bryan or deaths. But until then, if you want to go back and listen to any of our other shows, We've got some great episodes that are always up on the internet for you to enjoy and all your favorite podcast players. Just look for Chick Chat on The Mesh. Uh, You can also go check out themesh.tv on the internet and see all the other shows that we have to offer, a little something for everybody. Um, Go check those out. You can listen to what you want, where you want it, when you want it with the podcast and The Mesh. So until then, thanks, Jeanette. Yeah, it's always fun. Absolutely. Thanks to Moose, who's producing in the background. And thanks to you guys for tuning in. Catch you on the flip side. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.